Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 13 with my friend Randy Pruden, A Musical Journey. Randy Pruden is the lead singer of the Growler Band. He's been performing in bands for almost, I can't believe this, almost 50 years. That's what he tells me. He doesn't look that old. Uh, He is also a father, a husband, a financial planner, and a boat lover. Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate the offer. Awesome. Yeah, this is so cool. I'm so excited. Uh, well, the drink today uh, has a great name. It is called, we love. We both love stouts. We also love beer a lot. Uh, today's drink is a beer called Java the Stout, and this is by Jackie O's. And what do you think? I I like it. I think it's I, awesome. I think Jackie O's, the, almost everything they make is was wonderful, and this is right Absolutely. there with it. Absolutely. Now, you had, had you had this before, or you have not? I have not had this before. I've had several of their IPAs. And a couple of their fruited beers, and I like this a lot. This is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, they make they make excellent beers. I haven't. I'm trying to think of if I've had one that I didn't like by them, and I really don't think that's the case. So they're, they're pretty 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 <laughs> tough stuff. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So this is a uh, from the title, of course, it's Java the Stout. It's a coffee stout. Um, tastes absolutely excellent. And what I like to do is I like to drink stouts out of a coffee mug. So we're drinking out of coffee <laughs> mugs today. I don't know if that just makes me feel like I'm drinking coffee and not beer, and I can have more or whatever. But works, or if it's early in the morning, I can drink. I can drink it out of a works coffee mug, me. and it doesn't seem bad. So, but <laughs> well, again, thanks a bunch for coming out um, to get on the show here. And I just want to kind of get started with. We're going to kind of go through uh, your musical history. Uh, you're almost 50 years, and um, so what? Let's go way back here. So, what was the first? instrument that you played as oh, that's a kid. Easy. That's easy. I played a stand-up snare drum and, and that was the first thing I'd ever played out in public. Um, my parents were country and western musicians and um, the drummer that was supposed to play at the Ferris Opry in uh, Richmond, Missouri uh, didn't show up and uh, I was too small. I was only nine years old. I was too small to play on the set but I could take the snare drum and stand behind it with brushes and, and a little cymbal. And uh, I played drums for uh, for their band that night. And it was wonderful. As that's my first paid gig, I got paid $2. Wow. And you were how old, you said? Nine years old. Nine years old. Well, that's <laughs> totally awesome. How fun. Yeah. That's what a great story. So, well, let's let's just kind of dive into that then. Sure. So, So what, you know, kind of explain the band with your family and what, what well, they did and when they got started. That's really cool. Mom and Dad. Uh, Dad was... Before they got married, Dad was with uh, Ernest Tubb for a short time, and my mother was with the Everly Brothers. Wow! So during those uh, those early early years in the mid fifties, when the, when those acts were really uh, starting to come on, uh, they were part of their their shows. They met and uh, and subsequently got married, and uh, I came along in <laughs> January of sixty one, and my dad bowled a three hundred that day. Oh, a perfect really? a perfect score bowling that day and I was born that evening after they had played a show. It was on a Saturday, so they played in in Mom's Water Broke on the way home and I was born oh, the next morning with a perfect show, <laughs> a perfect game yeah. and then the perfect sun and comes. So it's right. perfect. It was meant to be. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I've got pictures of me laying inside my mom's Gibson guitar case uh, and all swaddled up in in while they're playing a show. How so, cool. Yeah. So, so I, they would take you around. Oh, and yeah. I mean, so it was just, this is just what you guys did. Yeah. 
So okay. it, was, it was very second nature to me whenever they decided to drag me up on stage and give me a snare drum to play. I was like, sure, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, so I, I guess it wasn't it wasn't too difficult because you've been playing music. Yeah, knew so the songs just, in and out, and yeah, and uh, just had a great time. Plus, it was a great. Anytime you have kids on stage, it's a great. And it's a, it was a family oriented show, so it was you know uh, in a in a in a old opera house, and uh, so it was it was great because the crowd just loved it. Here's this little kid, if there's a little toe headed kid playing snare drum, and <laughs> for the rest of the band, it was so that it, it oh, was a cool. it was a good marketing ploy for them. <laughs> yeah, that probably turned out well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Everybody, I'm sure they enjoyed it. That's great. Well, that's cool. So, so now, did you have any siblings too, or did are yeah. you? I've got so a brother did they and a sister. All play in the band too, or how did my I didn't brother, know if anybody else? Yeah, Doug never got involved okay. in the music scene, but my sister made a living off of it in, in the Ozarks for long, long time. She went down there. She was on the Lake of the Ozarks uh, show, and she was in Branson, and so she had worked her way through college by singing. She is phenomenal. She's really wow. the, okay. the 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 big talent in the family. Okay, cool. So I guess it, <laughs> you got the parents. Yeah. Well, I always think it's funny. Um, in my family, um, my one of my sisters is a piano teacher. Uh, my other sister has tons of musical instruments. My brother does too. Uh, my one sister can sing well. She's sung in church and things. And then I basically can't carry a tune. You know, like it's horrible. Now I have more of the sports side where I can play some golf and stuff. But I just I did completely miss that. So you definitely you guys were both handed some some yeah. special genes down. Doug, so. Doug went the direction of uh, the woodsman and the hunter and. He does hand-tooled leather stuff now, and he sells it all over the world. And, oh, cool. And uh, it sells uh, handmade uh, guns, flintlocks, all over the world. Oh, that's so he's, totally he's awesome. He's got a great thing going right now. So that's where his talent came in. That's awesome. Well, that's very cool. So what was, um, obviously we got to hear your your first event, your first paid <laughs> speaking kid. That's awesome. Um but what was the was the what was like the first band that you put together that you had that you'd played in that wasn't obviously with your your with parents, parents. Band, so. that was that was in junior high a buddy of mine um, was a guitar player I was a drummer and uh, we found a a guitar player and and so we were my buddy he played bass he, his dad bought him a bass so we were putting this thing together and it sounded we were doing a lot of Kiss stuff and a lot of you know rock from that that time and the guitar player was struggling on a on a particular song and uh, I'd been messing around with guitar and I said well here let me let me show you what, what it's supposed to sound like and I picked it up and I played the part and and they're like oh gosh and pretty soon we ended up making me the guitar player and and found a different drummer and added another guy to it and so that's how I ended up being, being up from drums on the guitar but drums was my original instrument that's what I played for gosh, from the time I was, you know, nine until I was in my early 20s, uh, was drums. I, I was part of the the, um, the Musicians Union in Kansas City. So whenever a, a country artist obviously was coming through as a solo act without a band, we would get the call. Oh, cool. And uh, we would meet with them in the afternoon and then do the show that evening. Or if there was a jazz group, I was, I was really good at, I played jazz drums real well. So if there was a jazz group that needed a, uh, a drummer for the evening or something like that. I'd get together with them and play downtown in the Kansas City nightclubs. Oh wow! Well, that's yeah. totally cool. And that was like as a like going through high school and yeah. stuff. Or, oh, yeah, wow. that was in the late seventies and and early part of the eighties. And then um, by then I was really into guitar, and I, I found a band that was doing really well, and they needed a guitar player because the 
buddy of mine was, was their bass player. They hated their guitar player, so they invited me <laughs> up. And it went from Kansas City to <clears throat> Atchison, Kansas. It's an hour and a half away. And uh, they were doing stuff like Journey and Foreigner and Sticks. And uh, they had me set in and play with them. And they said, when do you want to start? So I joined that band. That was called Astra. Astra, okay, cool. And uh, we, gosh, that band became fairly successful in, in the, the, the four-state area there of you know, Missouri and Iowa and Nebraska and Kansas. And we played into Illinois and the Dakotas and Colorado and Texas, Arkansas. And that was the band that I got to do a lot of uh, opening acts for. We opened up for Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and oh, wow. Brian Adams and Triumph and Shooting Star and Vixen and did a lot of opening acts. Wow. Because yeah. okay. we did a lot of our own music. And uh, yeah, so we, we thought we were all going to be, I thought I was going to be the next Peter Frampton. So I was, <laughs> we, we did a garage recording and uh, sent it off to all these record companies, you know, thinking, yeah, we're going to get a big deal. And right. Yeah. Look what we've been doing. Yeah, we're amazing. Never heard a thing from any of them. Not except, so much. Except Geffen <laughs> Records called us and wrote us a letter saying, we really like the material you're doing. We want you to go into a, a true recording studio. Mm-hmm. and a high-quality recording studio and re-record all those songs so we can hear what you sound like with with good equipment. And recording studios were costing anywhere from 250 to $500 an hour. And we're a bunch of kids living off ramen noodles, and we couldn't afford that. So. Yeah, there's no way. There's, yeah, no, there's way. no way. <laughs> so, uh, so they ended up signing a group called Quarter Flash in our place, and they had that hit song, I'm going to harden my heart. You know, I had the saxophone. Part oh, yeah. So that every time I hear that song on the radio, I'm like, ah, like, oh, is that this, was my chance. Oh, was this close? <laughs> oh, man. Came down to but, fundage. Yeah. yeah. If you had like a GoFundMe account or something, oh. maybe today you would have. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Been able to made the, it. the pro tools you can get on your computers and stuff, we wouldn't have to worry about a, a high-class recording studio. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, Did it in the basement. Right? <laughs> That's cool. What a great story. So. How long? Um, how long did that band last, or how long were you with that? Yeah, um, that probably about four years. Oh, okay. Between them, and and after that band broke up, I, I formed another band, uh, a three-piece hard rock band, and uh, we traveled that same circuit for a while, and then uh, had a real unfortunate chain of events. Um, all the those many of those states that were around the Kansas City area were eighteen-year-old drinking states, so. A town as small as, as Eaton, Ohio here would probably have three great bars where all the 18-year-olds could go drink 3-2 beer mm-hmm. and have a great time and listen to live music. Well, within about a six-month period, legislation changed, and um, all those 18-year-old places shut down because they all went to 21-age um, drinking. Right. So instead of having money thrown at you to come please play my bar, we were begging places to let us play, you know, and oh, wow. cutting our prices in half. And so I could no longer live off of it. And by then I'd married Carol and she says, well, it's time for you to get a big boy job. <laughs> <laughs> I can see her saying that. Yeah. And uh, we were living in Leavenworth, Kansas. Wow. Wow. That's right. I think that's probably, no, I, won't, I won't talk about Leavenworth. But anyway, <laughs> try if, to keep if, it positive. Yeah, I'll try to keep it positive. If you live in Leavenworth, you work at one of the seven prisons in Leavenworth. It's right. just like if you live in Dayton, you worked at General Motors or some right, part of it. You, yeah. So I went down and, and took the civil service test and cut off 12 inches of hair and <laughs> went to the major and 
First thing he did is look at me with all that long hair. Well, I didn't cut my hair off first. He looked. At me. He said, "Boy, you smoke dope." <laughs> that's the first thing. First thing they asked. That's a great interview. I'm like, wow. That's a great question. Where do I go from here on this one? And I said, "No, sir, I don't." He says, "Well, you sure look like somebody that does." I go, "Well, you know, I've been playing in a band, and it's kind of what bands look like. So, right, you know, it's it's all part of the costume and playing in the band." He says, "Well, you're gonna have to cut all that stuff off." You know, I go, "Yeah, yeah." I know, so yeah, I went with the military cut after that, which was weird. That's crazy. What a that's what a great first impression. Like, yeah. boy, do you smoke? Exactly. I felt like felt like I was down in Alabama or something like that. You're in a heap of trouble, boy. Don't let me call the law. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, shoot, that's, that's funny. So, so it's so uh, sound like uh, thanks to the uh, the uh, the regulation of alcohol kind of took a turn for the. For I'd say turn for the worst, but things change, yeah. and uh, so then you had uh, with the new wife. You obviously had to get a new job there, <laughs> cut the hair. So where where did that lead you to? How did how long till you kind of got into the next band or what? Yeah, because obviously I, the the you know music's been in your blood and in your family, and it's just kind of and music is a drug. I'll tell you, once you get addicted <laughs> to it, you can't get rid of it. It's just it sticks with you for the rest of your life. But no, I kind of backed out of music for quite a while and. Um, we ended up moving to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Played in a little knock-around band for a few shows up there, but nothing that I was excited to do. And then ended up getting the call to move to Florida for a job. And was down there for, for I think, five years, six years. And while I was there, I met a really great keyboard player. Uh, and uh, we decided to put something together. And we put together a, a little band called um, Redline. And we our our logo was a tachometer, and it was like oh redlining, yeah. redlining, the, the, yeah, sure, redlining the of course. V. So it's it a great name, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Did a lot of just cover stuff, just just you know, and he uh, he did uh, commercial music, you know, um, just you know, silly little ditties for commercials. like jingles and things, jingles, oh, yeah. like on actual commercials, yeah. oh, okay. And so he would come call me up and say, hey, I need I need a guitar part. Can you can you do this guitar part and. And he'd play the jingle for me. And he says, now I want you to play lead line over this part, between this part and this part. And I'd just do some sort of a little trill. And I think he says, okay, that's good. That's all I need. And he'd leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd hear I'd hear it on, on every once in a while on something like that. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was neat. So, yeah, but we played cool. for a while, and that was fun. And then uh, uh, Carol and I ended up moving back to Fort Wayne and never really never really messed with it. We'd had Rena Michelle, our oldest daughter, during that time. And... I th- I think there was almost like a five to six year time frame there that I didn't even get my guitar out of its case. Wow. Matter of fact, the, the white binding around the edge of the guitar had actually turned pink from the purple fur that the guitar case was lined oh, in. Oh, wow. It actually absorbed. That's how long it had been unopened. Oh, wow. That had to be in there a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we ended up moving to Troy, Ohio, and they ha- they were having concerts on the square. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember, I think it was Thursday, kind of like what we do here at the lake. Mm-hmm. But they would just have open jam sessions. They'd have a, like, there's a music store that put it on, and they had their, their house band, they called it. They had a bass player, a drummer, and a guitar player, and anybody could get up and sing. So one day I just decided to go down there with my guitar and amp, and I played a couple of Stevie Ray Vaughan songs. And this this guy and this gal come walking up to me later, hey, are you in a band? And I said, no, no. I said, we need a singer. We've got a band. I'm like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> awesome. And I said, well, <clears throat> why not? You know. And I told Carol. She said, well, go out and 
jam with them, see what they sound like. And it wasn't very good, but it was it was it was playing again. And uh, kind of a funny story, they had a a really good young guitar player that was in there. His name was Micah Micah um, Carly. I, and I was just blown away by how good this guy is. He's just phenomenal. He wasn't bluesy like they were. They wanted to be bluesy. He wasn't bluesy, but I thought he was phenomenal. And after I auditioned, I come to find out they fired him because of me. They didn't need a, three guitar players. Okay. So they yes. fired the guy. I'm like, oh my gosh, he was really good. And then he forms a band called Hawthorne Heights, and they they have. Two million selling records now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he wanted to be so he really was a, good. He was really really good. <laughs> you weren't kidding. Oh my gosh! But yeah, he, he lives back in Troy. He, I guess he's left the band. He has a recording studio up there. But I always tell him, I said, you know, we fired you. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> laugh great about that story. That's cool. Yeah. Again, you were just this close. You weren't quite sure. just so close to being in the. Just didn't quite get in the right band. So <laughs> that's really cool. What a great story. That's neat. So. And then, so how long were you with with this oh, band? Gosh. I know it's you weren't doing it a whole lot, yeah, but we we played a few shows. Side we ended up stuff, but ended up calling the band Storm Warning. I don't know why, just <laughs> we did. Just but we played we played around clubs and stuff like that, and and um, the bass player quit, or actually the bass player got MS and he couldn't play any longer. So oh, I wow. called up a buddy of mine that I met, and he started playing bass for us, and. Um, after a while, he was like, man, he says, you're too good to be playing with these guys. Let's go form another band. So we broke away and started putting a band together and um, got this guy out of Dayton to come play drums with us, this phenomenal drummer, um, big Al Owens. He was six foot four and weighed 425 pounds, just a mammoth man, but played drums, uh, probably the best drummer I've ever been around. Wow. And... Um, we started putting something together, and, and then he uh, he says, no, guys, I got this other gig that I really want to pursue. And and I said, well, what's this? And he says, it's called the Ryan Fife Project. And I go, okay. He says, They're, we're doing original stuff, and it's really cool. And I said, That's, I you know totally understand. Sure. So John and I, the, the, the bass player, we went ahead and put a band together, and it was called The Curve because we were always trying to do something different with the music and throw people a curve, you know. <laughs> That's and, great. What a great name. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we we played out a few shows, and then I got a call from Big Al, the, the drummer, who had left us, and he said, man, he says, we need a guitar player in this original band, this Ryan Fife project. And I said, the, he goes, the guitar player we have, he's, he's moving out of state. He says, we need somebody that can just step in and play lead solos. And I said, well, I'll... I'll fill in a weekend for you. And so I went over and to Springfield and um, played with him two nights. And my wife went with me and my best friend with me. And, and we just couldn't stop talking about it. It was magic. Just absolute magic. I couldn't believe how good it sounded. And uh, ended up getting offered that job. And so I left the curve, which I formed. Right, right. <laughs> really honked those guys off. I'm sure. Yeah, the dynamic of switching bands it, and that I'm sucks. sure that's a tough it, yeah, it yeah, really sucks. I'm sure. But but we I started playing with Ryan Five Project and I was just I was just so stoked because it was something I'd never done before. It was modern rock, it was original rock. We were doing covers too just to keep it you know, keep it lively. But then the bass player decided he wanted out. He had a band that he he was all about playing like Flock of Seagulls music, oh. that eighties stuff. <laughs> sure. And so I 
called my buddy John back again. I said, John, I said, you know, I know I left the curve. He says, but I need a great bass player that can step in and play. No, I don't want to do it. I said, no, you got to do it. He says, no. I, I said, I go, man, just just fill in for a couple of nights. I said, this to describe playing this music, it's just like putting a crash helmet on and and driving to the edge of the cliff as fast as you can drive and not knowing if the brakes are going to work or not. It's just it's just that exhilarating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he reluctantly came on board, and and that band ended up playing together for almost ten years. Oh wow! Yeah, we were we were sponsored by Bud Light and Corona, and um, we were making good bucks playing as much. We were turning down gigs. We we're playing every Friday and Saturday night, and sometimes every Wednesday, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, wow! That W.O. Wrights, you know, mm-hmm, Cats, sure. um, all over Springfield. I mean. We were just wow. hitting it hard. So the whole Dayton, Cincinnati yeah. area, the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. We were getting paid. You know, we were right there in the group with, with, in the bunch with like a Velvet Crush and the the the, the menus. We were playing all the same the same oh, stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, it it just it became a job. Mm-hmm. Exciting at first, but then it became a job. And so I told them, "Hey, I'm turning fifty, and I said I." I'm too old to play this rock, this modern stuff. You guys need somebody <laughs> fresh and new, and 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 John, the bass player, says, "No, I'm kind of I'm kind of ready to be done for playing for a while too." And and uh, Ryan, the lead singer, Ryan Fife, he he goes, "Yeah, and I need to. I'm I'm going to go off in a different direction." So it was a very very hospitable, very congenial breakup. We did a New Year's Eve gig in in uh, Springfield, and that was our last show. And now we have reconvened twice for for special benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Big Al, the drummer, the original drummer in that band, passed away, mm-hmm. we got back together and we did a benefit show for his son and, and raised a bunch of money for his college. And uh, and now I now they've been calling me and say we, we want to do another reunion show, so we may may put that's one cool. together. Yeah, that's cool. So you did that for <laughs> ten years. Now were were you working a job too? Yeah. Like most of this time or the whole time? Yeah, I was. I owned restaurants when I first got to Troy. I owned three uh, Lee's Famous Recipes. Tip City, Troy, and Sydney, and I, we got rid of those in 96, and then I started working in the mortgage field and playing music on the weekends, and then ended up going to work for Bank One, and uh, I'm still with Chase, so right. evolved from the mortgage field into the banker field into right. the financial advisor field, so I've been doing that now for, for over 15 years. Wow. Well, that's a lot of work. I get, Like you said, if you're doing that many gigs and you're working a full-time job. Oh, it was taxing. That's and it's late nights. And yeah, it's, yeah, and you're drinking, and it's those. Yeah, no, that's well, that. That can be a rough. You're rolling at four o'clock a rough in the morning. Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in Saturdays, I, I worked yeah. a lot of Saturdays at the oh, bank. Wow. We were open from nine to two, so I would <laughs> I would roll into the bank at eight thirty after getting home at four thirty. Oh my gosh! And then go do another show that night. Oh my gosh! So, but I was younger. So. Yeah, that. that <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like we bounced back a little quicker a when lot. we were younger. But yeah, that's. <laughs> That's interesting. But I did that for a, for a while, and um, <laughs> then I just we just kind of got out of I got out of it, and then we moved out here. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, so we moved here in thirteen, right? Um, and I was putting another band back together, mm-hmm. and I I was playing a group called About Time. Okay, once again with my old buddy John on bass, right? And uh, two brothers, the Welker brothers, on keyboards and drums, and then we had uh, um, uh, what's his name? I Terrible. He, we only were together for two shows, but he was from Love Junkie, the lead singer from Love Junkie, and we had a phenomenal band. I mean, it was five-part harmonies. It was just, these were the best musicians I'd ever sounded with like this, but 
we just for the drummer and and, and mm-hmm. for the lead singer it was just kind of like a boys night out thing it wasn't yeah it wasn't like let's really get good it was more like let's let's we're having a good time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I get, well i guess yeah. that makes sense too so so i i, I kind of got frustrated because i was driving to troy ohio right to rehearse Oh yeah. So I was, you know, two. And they were just hanging out. And they were just, so, yeah, yeah. Was just, you know, guys, you know, goofing off. And but uh, <laughs> when I pulled out of that band, I got back with my buddy John on bass, and we put together a little three-piece band, and we actually played out here in 2014 at the lake. We played the the St. Patrick's. Oh, I, did I you? talked Tim Simmons into letting us play. Oh, did he didn't you know? know me from Adam, and right. or how if we even sounded well. <laughs> and uh, it's funny we we it was our and that night just before that show the bass player says this is gonna have to be my last show I, I got another gig with another band that wants to play full time so it was our debut finale so it was your farewell debut, <laughs> debut farewell yeah. that's great you're like this is great hey, we just kind of made fun hey, we, of it yeah we want to have you guys back uh, no, sorry. I'm sorry this is our this only is our show one show I thought you just got started we just got started <laughs> but this is our last show <laughs> well Bobby Vondero was there uh-huh and uh, I didn't know him, and he this guy walks up to me and says, "Hey, this her, this is your last show." I go, "Yeah, yeah." He says, "Well, I'm a bass player." I go, well, "That's cool, that's cool." You know, I, and I, he says, "You know, my my next door neighbor's a drummer," and of course, everybody's a drummer till you put sticks in their hands, and everybody can right. play guitar till you give them a guitar, and right. everybody can sing till you put a mic in their front. Right. Yeah. So I just kind of blew it off. I really didn't think it was anything serious, and then not long after that, I saw Bobby and Weedle playing acoustic guitar down at the lodge and i said well you really do play he goes yeah he says but i'm really a bass player i go well i'll be so we decided then to have a few beers and meet at his house and have john helsinger come over and bring his <laughs> drums and it just kind of blew up after that and now the growlers are hell we're going to florida next week to play wow that's <laughs> so. crazy so that's basically what because one of my questions was how did how did the Greller Band yeah. get started? So that was pretty much the way it was. Yeah. So it was your your final gig. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just ironic that he invited me over. And, and we didn't sound good. I mean, it, it didn't sound good at all. But I, I, I said, well, you know what? This is this is fun. These guys are really fun people, you know, really nice guys. And, and I, I said, well, let's try it again. And the next time we got together, it sounded a little bit better. And then we got together after that a week later. Like, this isn't that bad. Yeah. And I said, well, let's let's put together a, you know a few shows and or a few songs, and see if we can play down at the marina. And so we put together fifteen songs, just real basic stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, talked Weedle into letting us play at the marina. And didn't have a name. But matter of fact, I think Rob Wagner named us for that show. We were called the uh, the Mystery on Mariner because they live on Mariner Drive. All right, okay, gotcha. (laughs) And nobody knew the name, so the mystery on Mariner. Oh, that's funny. uh, And and we were just laughing at all these silly, silly names, not really thinking we were going to do, you know, actually go out and play. And John's brother has a pretty popular band in Middletown, and they were playing at a club, and, and John asked him, he says, hey, you know, can we just come down and open for you? We won't charge anything. Just let us do the first 10 songs. You just want to get the practice. Yeah, we just want to see what it's like. Sure, see if we can do it at a... Yeah, what we can sound like in front of a crowd. Yeah. So we go down there and uh, meet the the band, and and we set up, and and, uh, we play our set, and the lead singer comes up, she goes... I think we may have messed up and let you guys open the show for us. I, mean, I think we probably should be opening for you guys. Oh, well. We, we were just on it that night. It's just one of those magical nights that it sounded great. 
and uh, we ended, yeah we ended up just by then it was like okay let's do this let's put together cool. a show yeah and obviously and, and I'm friends with uh, with with Bobby and John also and they're super great people oh, so I mean just best. hanging out with them is just super fun so it, I can't even imagine just yeah I, I'd hang out with them if we didn't play right because right. they're just that cool of, of a two guys yeah. yeah and I'm gonna try to get both of them on so oh, maybe you do like a Part two of this musical journey will be the Growlers, the rest of the band, and <laughs> all the other members. They're both amazing, amazing artists, not only musical, but in, you know, in, in um, visual arts. John is a phenomenal painter. He is. Bob is just a, a, a magician when it comes to graphic arts and crazy ideas. He does all of our posters for us. Right. Creates them and, and, and designs them. And uh, this last poster he made for the for the phone booth lounge, I don't know if you got to see it or not. But I it did. I saw Facebook. So that creative. was really cool looking. Yeah, that was really so neat. So creative. And John is probably the probably one of the most funny people I've ever been around. Oh, he's hilarious. He's so dry too. You're just like it's. it's he's hilarious <laughs> it's, though. It's, it's always those one liners that did he just say that? <laughs> <laughs> you do. You know, with John though, you do get a lot of that. Like, yeah, oh, you wait, do. Did you he better just... listen close. <laughs> yeah, he won't say it again. Be like, he won't be just... in your face with it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and really, and Bobby has just done so many crazy, interesting things in his life. I mean, it's, it's he's a, like a golden maid and all this. Yeah, parachuting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's on my list of uh, of people to have on the podcast for sure. He's got yeah, you gotta quite the over. quite a journey. Yeah, and I I think it's so cool um, to have the Growlers here at the lake. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of feel like um, sort of like that lady. We're like, wow, we shouldn't have uh, opened for you guys, but I kind of feel like. We're really blessed to have you guys out here. Since you all three live out at the lake, I feel like, oh, wow, we have this really good band play where I don't think we could afford like a band of your talent. But luckily, you guys live out here, so you're out here. And, oh, sure, we'll play at the lodge <laughs> well, it's for funny. the marina. You, so. you told me that one time. We were out floating in the water. I remember the day. I was probably one of the best compliments. I tell the guys, I said, it's probably one of the nicest things I've ever been said. John Lemon told us, he says, Wow, you know, every every community has their own little neighborhood band. Right. But he says, We've got a band that's really, really good. It is. Well, it's so interesting and I nothing against anybody else that plays, but and again, this is, comes from the guy with no musical talent too, so maybe dude. <laughs> take that with a grain of really salt. Grain right? of salt exactly. <laughs> but uh but no, I was just like, Wow, this is really good. And you guys, and even like, obviously the, the lodge does not have the best acoustics, <laughs> but you guys end up sounding really good. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. It was even like before I knew you guys like, Oh, this is really fun. So Indeed. that's worked out really well. Well, we, 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 we probably have more fun than the people that watch us. Oh, and I think that's part of it though. You guys, it totally shows through in the music. I mean, you guys are just having a party. Well, and, and we, we don't put a lot of pressure on each other. It's not, there's no diva. In the band, there's nobody with a huge ego in the band. Um, it's all, you know, very, very complimentary into each other. We, we enjoy being around each other. We make each other laugh. So it's, it, it, we, you know, I had what, what I thought was a, a bad night, Friday night in, in, in Dayton. And they were just, just so supportive. Yeah. You know, I was hanging my head like, I missed that lick and I forgot that line. I for, <laughs> just I just wasn't. It didn't satisfy. You weren't me. on, sure. Yeah. And it might not have. Maybe nobody noticed it too much, but you do because you're the. Yeah, and the club the owner he he wrote on our on our paycheck. He says excellent, most excellent, and called us the next day and wants to book us again. So oh, that's awesome. apparently we didn't upset him too much. Yeah, but I was upset about how I played and the support those two guys gave me was just just amazing. 
That's cool. Just amazing. That's cool. And it's kind of neat, too, because um, we've only been out the lake just almost three years. But um, So you guys, the Growlers, have only been together for how long, then? It hasn't been... We said twenty six. I think it's September of fifteen. Of fifteen. Our, we okay. did that. We did the marina. Okay. Which I guess would have to be our your like, first yeah. official gig is whatever named band you were. At well, that it, time. We, getting back to the name of the band, we were struggling because we had to play this show for John's op, that opening act mm-hmm. thing in Middletown. And we had no idea what we we're going to call ourselves. And you probably, if you're going to play an actual gig, you probably, probably should have a name, name for the band, right? <laughs> so okay. we were kicking around stupid ideas, you know, the chocolate eyeball or, you know, some sort of, <laughs> some goofy names. And, and I, we were out at my outdoor bar and I had this, this, this shelf full of beer growlers up there. And I just looked up and I said, well, what about the growlers? And they're like, eh, yeah, that's not bad, know. you know? Like, <laughs> you know? And then when we start talking about a whole bunch of other names, but apparently when... When John's brother called him and said, "Hey, well, what's the name of your band?" That was the one, the only one he could think of. He says, "I, I, I guess we're the Growlers." <laughs> and it was just so that's great. That's we're great. the Growlers. I love it. That's awesome. That's well, the best. Awesome too. But about a year later, we found out there was a band out of San Diego that was making it big. Right. You were telling me you're like, yeah, I did a little research yeah. on the Growler name, and then then I and you and I guess you had changed. Or you made your name officially the Growler Band. And it's kind of reverted back to the Growlers again because nobody wants to say the Growler Band, you know. Right, just, right, right. You're the Growlers. And we, right, we, right. we said, what? Oh, forget it. Like, we're ever going to cross paths with this band that has a record deal. It's right. touring arenas. Like, big deal, you know. Right, and, right. And um, so we just said, screw it. We're going to call it the Growlers. That's and we just funny. ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, though. But yeah, like of all the random thing, it's not like you stole the name. You had no idea. Like, yeah, you guys... No clue. You barely had it. <laughs> and with a name like that, there's probably 10 Growlers <clears throat> bands oh, in every sure. state out there. I'm you sure. Know? There's probably yeah, another, yeah. One, another one close by that we don't know of. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, that's a cool story. And I love how... Um, but I just love being at the show and seeing you guys just so excited. You guys have so much fun playing. And I think that's the such a big part of it to have, you know, just enjoying what you're doing. You guys get along so well. Um, I just, yeah. We that's really do. Been, and it's, you know, it's that the word playing is what we, we hold it to its, to its, to its word. If we have fun, we play around. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny how this random band that you ended up accidentally getting together is becoming, you know, not as popular as some of the older bands you were in before, but you guys are getting pretty popular now, actually. It's, so. it's kind of weird. You know, we were, funny story is we were with uh, a couple that we, that, that come with us, Jeff and Sue Van Osdal, mm-hmm. and we were over in Richmond, I don't know, a year and a half ago, and having, having dinner, we were starting to have dinner at, the, at, a, at a bar there, and we were standing at the bar waiting for a table to open up. And this table behind us started to open up, and uh, I turned around to him and said, "Hey, are you guys leaving? We'd like to sit down here." And the guy looks at me and stares at me. And he points his finger at me and says, "Hey, aren't you that guitar player, lead singer for the Growlers?" And <laughs> and the look on Jeff and Sue's face, like, "What?" <laughs> You're like, "This guy's famous. I love it." <laughs> I thought I was gonna wet myself laughing, and it, but yeah, it was really. And that and that couple has come to see us. Gosh, probably a dozen times since then. So they're truly fans. Wow, that's so, totally cool. It's it's neat. Yeah, we make sure we gave them T-shirts. Oh, absolutely. That's <laughs> great. 
Yeah, you guys have been playing all over though. I mean, you've like you, you've got a gig you said in Florida too. Yeah, this time, is it this time, like in February or something. It's or? the twenty sixth of January. Oh, oh my gosh! So yeah, my birthday is on the perfect 24th. time to move, leave Ohio <laughs> for something for sure. No, that's awesome. It's a goofy. It's a goofy thing. My sister in law lives down there in Crystal River, and her next door neighbor Jimmy owns Norton's on the Water, and it's a big club there on in Crystal River. And uh, apparently she was playing one of our demo CDs and he heard it and he's going, wow. He says, that's your brother-in-law's band? He goes, let's get them down here to play. And she goes, they're not going to drive from Ohio to Florida. <laughs> he goes, well, man, if they ever do, you know, let me know. And uh, we were talking to him about making birthday plans, what we'll do for my birthday. She goes, why don't you guys get the band and come down here? I'll check with Jimmy and, and, and see if we can't get you in and just make it kind of a goof off, you know, long weekend. I'm thinking they're not going to go for that. So <laughs> so she she talked to her neighbor and he said, yeah, he says, I'll clear a schedule for him. You just let me know when they want to come. And I talked oh, to the cool. boys. I go, I know you guys probably don't want to do this. It's kind of crazy. And, and I told them about it, and they go, oh, my God, yes, we want to go. Like, hell, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're headed to Florida. <laughs> That's awesome. And as I look outside with the uh, 8 to 10 inches of snow on the ground, yeah. I think you probably made a very good decision. So. Let's just hope that's not in the mountains when we have right. to go through the mountains so, pulling that trailer. <laughs> hopefully, you can get to, yeah, hopefully the equipment and the band make it exactly, to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> that's our only hesitation right now. <laughs> that's totally awesome. So what other... Um, I, I know I, I thought it was really cool, and you told me this before about being sponsored um, by Corona and mm-hmm. Bud Light and stuff. So how does that, I'm just curious, how does, you know, from somebody older, how does that, how did that sponsorship work? Like, how did you get it? Just, yeah. I'm just curious yeah. it, how that worked out. A lot easier than you thought. If, really? you, if you play in a, a distributor, it was more or less Heidelberg was who mm-hmm. made the decision on that. Mm-hmm. Heidelberg is giving, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they're still doing it or not. But and they, Heidelberg is the... That's the biggest liquor the, distributor in the in area the, here, correct? Right? Mm-hmm. And they were given some leeway by Bud Light, Corona, um, Bacardi, Jägermeister. That if you want to sponsor, if you want us to sponsor a band in your area that plays the clubs that you service, mm-hmm. we'll print their posters for them. We'll give them bling to give out to the crowd. So we, our first, so we approached them. We approached Heidelberg about, them. they said, "Yeah, we need a Corona band." You guys want to be the our Corona band? Heck yeah! You know. Right, well, of course we do. <laughs> so we uh, we free said, stuff. We, yeah. Free stuff. Yeah. So they would give us all these blank posters with all their stuff behind it. We just take it to the printer and have our stuff printed on it. And every month we would get this laundry basket size box show up on the front porch, and it was full of Corona sandals, Corona necklaces. Corona light up things. Wow. So your swag box. All the is swag like, that's that you awesome. want. So How we fun. so we could give that stuff away. T shirts, all kinds of stuff. So the, that just endears you to a crowd, you know. Hey, oh, I went to absolutely. see this band the other night and I got this corona shirt and this all the stuff. Yeah, from. the necklace and the yeah, that's the yeah. <laughs> So we ran with Corona for a few years and then we switched over to Bud Light hmm? and we did all the Bud Light stuff. Of course they have tons of swag, you know, that we'd give out. Right. So I'm considering trying to get the growlers a uh a, a beer or a liquor sponsor. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if we play in that area where Heidelberg distributes enough to, to warrant that. Right. So now that we're starting to play a lot more clubs in the Dayton area, like JD Legends, yeah. we just played the phone. That was booth. a huge, you had a big show. Both big of those show, were really yeah. big. Um, and and, J, and the phone booth said it was probably 40% bigger crowd than they've ever had. 
Wow. So that was a nice That's little, huge. you know, notch on the belt there. And then, of course, we play the Little York Tavern up in the Vandalia area. Yeah. So we're starting to play the Dayton area now, and I think I, it might be time to go and say, hey, you know, I want to get a swag box from somebody. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we kind of drink Jägermeister before the show, so it'd be neat if we could Jägermeister. Oh, a Jäger sponsor. Oh, that would be, yeah, because now, what's the, that's a great segue, too. So what's the story on the on the Jäger, though? We always that, have a Jäger bomb before our first set. If we don't drink anything else the rest of the night, we'll all three of us, you know, cheers to a good show, good luck to each other, and and, and knock down a Jäger bomb. So it's kind of our that signature. Just, how did that start? Just... I accidentally, accidentally. What, you're both you're all nervous like oh, let's just do a Jaeger yeah. bomb and <laughs> on the first show or something and we, they... we don't let Bob pour it though anymore okay. because he does a whole uh, red red cup full <laughs> right a solo cup full of, yeah so, so we've, we've taken Bob off the bartender duties when it comes to that. Now, that's good to know, though. So when I have him on the One Drink with John podcast, that one drink could yeah. be huge. So I want to make sure that I poured my own drink and not to have Bob pour the drink for me. This is, let me write that down. That's yeah. a, that's some good notes for sure. But, but yeah, that's our that's our band signature drink. <laughs> that's cool. No, that's awesome. So, And I think the only other story I was going to bring up was the... Um, What's that, um, just that horrible liquor you have here house that you make us drink? That's a fun story, too. That's it's called Malort. Malort. Malort, okay. And uh, my son-in-law <laughs> and my daughter, who, who live up in Chicago, they um, they brought that down. I guess it's a Chicago tradition. It's like one of those things. It's a, it's a, a, a Swedish guy back in the 1800s. That was the family recipe of this some... some rot gut liqueur it's pretty bad <laughs> it's pretty bad but in in chicago it's it's if you want to celebrate something everybody gets a shot of malort but wow. <laughs> <laughs> down here well it's funny though because if you google malort i think it says tastes like pesticide like in google <laughs> that says what is it says malort and it says tastes like pesticide like that's what autumn <laughs> auto prompts is just the most wretched does. stuff and uh, so since it was so bad that whenever somebody would come over and play us in, in shuffleboard, that was the punishment. If you lost in shuffleboard, you had to take a shot of Malort. Oh my gosh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, and that was, I think you guys tricked me into having a little bit of one oh. too. And I was like, it can't be that bad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can oh, like shave my tongue. This is so bad. I've, so. I've heard it described as uh, gasoline with a hint of lemon. I've heard it, <laughs> all kinds of jet That fuel. might be kind, actually. The gas <laughs> really? with a lemon. I don't know. Nice floral jet fuel, you know, something like that. But it's awful. Oh my gosh, that's great. Oh shoot, <laughs> that's a funny it story. It is awful. So. But yeah, yeah, I think your tradition at your house is that whoever's the new person or you just want to drink somebody into it, you're like, oh, you have to drink this because oh, yeah. of... Uh, I, I trick people with it all the time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this... <laughs> that's hilarious. This <laughs> this has been really fun. I'm uh, getting dangerously low on oh, my, my beer, though. So we uh, probably I, should be I've wrapping this up. I've been talking so much here. I, no, I'm, yeah, I'm you need to... Full, but... Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to need a new one here in a second. But, <laughs> but I do... This has been so much fun. I've learned... A ton about your history and uh, all your band experiences has been great. So I wanted to, um, before I wrap up, I've got a final question. But um, what is your guys's website? Gotcha. So if anybody wants to find you, I know. I think or, Facebook is the best way. Now. Okay, on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, and I, I, I believe in. I, I should probably have studied up on this. I'm not very Facebookish. <laughs> sure, sure. But I believe it's the Growler Band. And I think if you put in the word Ohio behind it, you'll not get mixed up with the band out in San Diego. In California. Okay. Okay. So. And I'll have the, um, 
in as always, I'll have the uh, in the show notes on OneDrinkWithJohn.com. I'll have links to that. Neat. Um, and I think you also have a website too, which I is it the Greller Band. I think it is, it is the GrellerBand.com. Okay, but we've kind of moved. Okay. People so are just not just a lot of Facebook. updates there. Yeah, okay. not a lot of updates. And, and Facebook is just so much more liquid and flowing. And, sure. And, and well, it's easy to update, too, exactly. instead of having to, yeah, get, let me get my web designer to update my website yeah. for a new gig. So Long gone is the MySpace, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, bands. that was just for bands, pretty much, yeah. is it, has it yeah. started. So, well, cool. Again, this has been so much fun. Oh, this is it's great. Awesome. <laughs> so let me ask my, uh, my final question here. So... Randy, what is your favorite drink, either the favorite drink that you've had in the last year or what is your favorite drink ever? And you can either like sure. talk about the specific drink or the specific time or whatever, however you want to answer be, it. It may be very retro and nostalgic, but I love an old-fashioned. An old-fashioned. Just love Excellent. it. Excellent. Just love Excellent. it. Excellent. Of course, any beer. I like. There's not many beers that I don't the, like. You know, we yeah, and when we have... <laughs> When we have a Thirsty Thursdays at the Lodge, we're usually bringing a bunch of beers. But no, an old-fashioned, that's great. If I'd known that, I would have, well, maybe we'll have to wrap this up and have a couple <laughs> old-fashions. That does sound awesome. So, Well, again, thanks so much for coming out. This has been, uh, this has been super fun. And like I said, uh, any of the show notes, or on the show notes at the OneDrinkWithJohn.com, we'll have uh, any links to anything we mentioned. Any year. I don't know if any of these bands are still around. I'm going to try to look them up. I have any any information on them too so and uh, definitely check out facebook with the growlers and yes. uh, see where they're playing so well randy thanks so much oh, for coming it's been out wonderful i appreciate it and uh cheers everybody have a great day